Welcome to the Curious Christian Podcast, where we have started to lean into lament. Last time we gave an introduction into what we're going to be talking about and this lament and where we're coming from. So today, what specifically is lament? Mark Rogop, a pastor in the Indianapolis area, wrote a book on the topic of lament, and he defined lament as a prayer in pain that leads to trust. A prayer in pain that leads to trust. It's talking to God, that prayer, in pain. The pain is what creates the need to mourn and reflect or to specifically complain and lament. It's a prayer in pain that leads to trust. Lament is designed to lead you somewhere, he says. It's not a cul-de-sac of sorrow. It's meant to move you along. And then trust, that's where lament is meant to lead, to a point of a reaffirmation of trust. It's a theological commitment to acknowledge the world is broken. This is really hard, but God is 100% good. I just can't see it. I just can't see how right now. Again, it leads to a point of a reaffirmation of trust. Rogop says it's a theological commitment to acknowledge the world is broken. This is really hard, but God is 100% good. I just can't see how right now. Lament is all over the Bible. Specifically, there are about 67 lament psalms. Roughly 44% of all the content of the psalms is given over to psalms of lament, of suffering and sorrow. When we arrive in lament, we don't come alone, but we bring some baggage into that space that maybe we didn't know that we had. This lament reveals our heart. What we bring into lament is often a poor theology. It could be a wrong understanding of the goodness and character of God. It could be a misunderstanding of who God is. Though things are not good around us, God still is. He has not changed. As Ravi Zacharias has said, Christianity is the only religion that talks about having peace within suffering and struggle. We live in a fallen world where things like pandemics and widespread death and disease happen. This time is just hitting us at home. Christians around the world and across history have experienced plagues and epidemics and pandemics before. This is not new, it is just now very real for us. We often bring along with us into lament unrealistic expectations. Maybe it's the unwritten, often unexpressed expectation that what is will always be. We don't always take into consideration the truth that our lives are temporary. They're brief, here today and gone tomorrow. We think we have more time. We think things will be the same today and tomorrow as they were yesterday, but truly that is an unrealistic expectation. We also may neglect and forget the truth that we live in a broken world, a world that is groaning. Romans 8 tells us this specifically in verse 22, but really the whole collection of verses from 18 to 30 talk about this present suffering and future hope. I would encourage you to go check those out yourself, Romans 8, 18 through 30. But in verse 22, we see that Paul writes, We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. 
Another thing we often bring along with us in lament is a materialistic view of the world. It doesn't mean that we're obsessed with material things or vanity or idolizing it or, or any of that. But what we mean by this is that we often place our security or our identity or our safety in physical things. It could be a certain lifestyle that we're comfortable with. It could be feeling entitled to certain luxuries. Even just having a smartphone or nice clothes is an entitled view that not everyone has those things. It could be security or, or safety or protection in sports or the overall health and look of our bodies or a group of friends or family members or, or whomever. Once those things are gone though, where's our security or our identity? So we bring these mindsets and these attitudes as well as others into this struggle with us. This was unexpected. No one expected COVID-19. That's why it's a novel coronavirus. It's never before seen in humans. Things that we treasured have been ripped away. Routines that we were so stuck to have been ripped away. Everything is different. It wasn't planned. We weren't prepared. We weren't ready, yet here we are. Those are the facts. Our emotions don't always like the facts, but there they are. As we digest the facts, we need to come up with a game plan. How can we navigate the lament well? There are a few steps in our lament that we must take. Your process is going to look different. Uh, it may take a different length of time. It may take a different route, but we all want to end up in the same place with faith that is stronger and more resilient, a, a healthy rever reverential awe or fear of God and a godly purpose as we walk through the struggle. Again, this lament is meant to lead us to a place, a reaffirmation of trust. So as we navigate this lament, the first principle of navigating lament is to cling to the truth. There's the assumption that as we cling to the truth, we will also combat every lie that comes our way. John chapter 17, verses 14 through 18 says this, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, for they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you would take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They are not of this world, even as I am not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. This is the prayer that Jesus has for his followers. Notice he, he doesn't pray that he would take us out of this world or out of our struggles. That, that's not his prayer. He doesn't pray deliverance from our struggle, but deliverance from the evil one. That's what we need to be most concerned with, not the situation going on around us, but how we are handling and processing the current situation. Are we allowing bitterness to sneak in? Is our doubt becoming toxic rebellion against God or honest questioning that we're seeking out the truth of God's word for the answers? Are we withdrawing into isolation and destructive thoughts and, and poor habits? How we handle this quarantine and, and this season reveals a lot about what is going on on the inside of us. Difficulty is the great revealer of our hearts. Paul David Tripp in his book titled Suffering writes this, Difficulty has an amazing ability to reveal what's inside. Trials reveal your true thoughts and desires, where you have been looking for life, where you have sought meaning, and where you have looked to give you hope. Suffering will always expose the true nature of your relationship to and communion with God. So may we cling to the truth 
And as we cling to the truth, we must be on alert and resist whatever thoughts and lies and deception our enemy, the devil, tries to persuade us with. 1 Peter 5, verses 6-9 through 9 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. The second principle of navigating lament is to be honest with yourself and others. The assumption is that we would be vulnerable and real with our emotions so we can deal with them in a healthy way the first time instead of holding on to them and letting them grow into something toxic in the dark. There's healing in honesty, but it only comes when we humble ourselves to be truly honest. We have to put down our pride of what others think about us to be truly honest with what we're thinking and processing. We also need to create a safe space where others can process with us and be honest about their own struggles. It's a mutual honesty and vulnerability. The Bible reminds us in the book of James, chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Now, this is talking about confession of sins, but I think that there is potentially some sins that that we engage in when we are lamenting that we might need to confess of, but we also just need to be honest. We need to confess to one another where we are at and what we are dealing with, and we need to pray for one another so that we might experience healing and health. The third principle of navigating lament is to keep moving. The assumption is that there will be ebbs and flows of your emotions and feelings. Some days will be better than others. There are going to be Dates that come up on the calendar where you're going to remember, this is when that was supposed to be. This is when that was supposed to be celebrated. This is when I was supposed to be in this place doing this thing. And it's going to bring on a fresh wave of emotion. Some days will be better than others in these ebbs and flows. So don't let yourself sit for too long in one emotional space. Work through it and move forward. We want to spend adequate time in each space, but eventually we must move forward. I'm reminded of the aftermath of David committing adultery with Bathsheba. A child was conceived, and because of David's sin, God was going to take the child. Here's how David responded in 2 Samuel 12, starting in verse 13. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, The Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die. But because by doing this you have shown utter contempt for the Lord, the son born to you will die. After Nathan had gone home, the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife had borne to David, and he became ill. David pleaded with God for the child. He fasted and spent the nights lying in sackcloth on the ground. The elders of his household stood beside him to get him up from the ground, but he refused, and he would not eat any food with them. On the seventh day, the child died. David's attendants were afraid to tell him that the child was dead, for they thought while the child was still living, he wouldn't listen to us when we spoke to him. 
How can we tell, or how can we now tell him the child is dead? He may do something desperate. David noticed that his attendants were whispering among themselves, and he realized the child was dead. Is the child dead, he asked. Yes, they replied, he is dead. Verse 20, is this transition. Then David got up from the ground. After he had washed, put on lotions, and changed his clothes, he went into the house of the Lord and worshipped. Then he went to his own house, and his, at his request they served him food, and he ate. His attendants asked him, Why are you acting this way? While the child was alive, you fasted and wept. But now that the child is dead, you get up and eat? He answered, While the child was still alive, I fasted and wept. I thought, Who knows? The Lord may be gracious to me and let the child live. But now that he is dead, why, why should I go on fasting? Can I bring him back again? I will go to him, but he will not return to me. This season will end. Things will reopen. You will go back to school eventually. Time and life are moving forward, though it feels stilled at the moment. We do need to move forward. David, during his lament, was focused on the lament. He sat in that space. He mourned. He fasted. He prayed. He cried out to God. At the end of that time, he got up, he cleansed himself, and he worshipped the Lord. And then he moved forward. For sure, he did not forget this moment. He did not forget this son. It had impact in his life and the kingdom that reverberated for years to come. He didn't forget about it, but he kept moving forward toward the Lord. That is what we must do. Regardless of your journey of lament, you must allow it to draw you near to the Lord. Again, remember, it is a prayer in pain that leads to trust. That's where lament is meant to lead, to a point of a reaffirmation of trust. It's this theological commitment to acknowledge the world is broken. This is really hard, but God is 100% good. I just can't see how right now. We are praying for you. We are praying with you. As we continue this journey of lament, we lament with hope. We cling to this truth. We navigate this lament in being honest with ourselves and others, and we keep moving forward. Thank you for joining us on the Curious Christian Podcast. And we will catch you next time as we continue to lean into lament.